0: All right, welcome back to part two of the Herb interview. We hope you enjoyed the first installment of this powerful interview. With this episode, I'm concluding season one, just in time for the new year. If you're like me, you'll agree that this year, 2022, has gone by so fast it appears to be on rocket boosters, and 2023 will come and go even faster. Thanks to everyone who has listened and shared this podcast with their friends and family. I hope you found inspiration in the message it contains. Certainly, I did. It's easier than you th- might think to change the trajectory and quality of your life experience, but the only way to do it is to first change the way you think. With that in mind, some of my listeners have inquired about the books mentioned in part one of this interview. I recommend that you read them in the sequence listed. Why not give yourself the gift of starting your life transformation through goal achievement journey today by purchasing them on Ana- on Amazon or Audible for streaming? Here they are again. Grab a pen and paper and jot them down. What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Hempstetter, PhD. That's the first book we recommend. The second book is Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. And the third book is Jonathan Livingston Siegel by Richard Bott. Read them in that sequence. And Herb, just give our listeners a quick snippet on what to say when you talk to yourself. Why is that book important?
1: Because... You know, as you think about the things you want in life, um, this book, it, it really walks you through what to say to yourself so that you actually believe in these things that you want, right? So, so if you, if you have a goal, um... You you may not realize that you are talking down to yourself Mm. in your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Might not be what you put out outwardly, but what you put in your mind is the thing that makes the difference.
0: Right. So So it's the self-conversation. And that self-conversation is a 24-7, 365 dialogue. That's right. It it even does. It doesn't even stop when we sleep. That's right. I mean, when you dream, you dream in (laughs) self-conversation. That's right. And it's the it's the fear, uncertainty and doubt aspect of of the voice that's inside your head. So in that book really teaches us how to listen to that voice, tune into it and catch it. We're gonna talk about what to do when you catch it uh, a little bit later in this uh, recording. Uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers that's where you started in part one of this uh, of this discussion Mm
1: -hmm. tell us a little bit about that book Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you know this is uh I actually had a conversation with one of my friends and, and and it really relates to what this book is she was telling me about how she wanted to start something on the side but she didn't she was worried about um if she ran into problem x y and z right right and what I said to her was that happens every day at work So what's the difference?
0: There's problem X, Y, and Z every day, (laughs) everywhere you turn. So
1: you can do it for your company. You can do it for yourself. Feel that fear, tap into it, and do it anyway. Do
0: it anyway. Right? You're right, because here's what we do when we think about fear. Our mind always goes to the worst case scenario, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. So
0: we can have a great idea. Maybe it's just to move to another apartment or to buy another house. And then the first thing that we start thinking is, all the obstacles that could come up along the way. That's right. I probably won't be able to get approved for a loan yep. large enough to buy that house. Yep. So why try? Yep. And it's it's this self-defeating uh, self-conversation or yep. self-talk that really shuts people down from achieving the goals that they want to achieve in life. The third book was Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Buck, and you really riffed on that one. So yeah. share with the listeners again about what that book means. And I know you said... Don't let that. Don't read that first. No. Yeah. Let that be the third book. You got to do a little work before you get to Jonathan.
1: And and honestly, this is this is the easiest of the three books to read. Mm. It has pictures. It has big words, big big wording lettering. Uh, But the thing is, it is so incredibly powerful. This this is. I mean, I cried reading this book because it's so powerful. Mm. And and really, what it talks about is. You know, not being like everybody else, you know, we we we, we are so programmed um, growing up or we're so programmed being in social settings that that we forget everyone else is just being like everybody else and right. nobody wants to be like everybody right. else why not be yourself this book is it yeah when you <laughs> whoa, i'm gonna leave I, I, guys i'm just gonna move on from that statement there's nothing i
0: can add. her let's jump back into the interview where we left off and let's start by reminding our listeners about the eight areas of life so you want to share those
1: again yeah of course so so of course there's spiritual uh fitness and health you have self-improvement Relationships, which is a big one that I'm gonna talk about today. Okay. Uh, Vocation, which is you know your career, what you're doing, uh, with your business uh financial lifestyle and of course recreation
0: and i know we talked about recreation a little bit but i want to jump to the top of the list and talk about that spiritual dimension of true north and here we're not talking about church or a particular body of religious practice Mm -hmm. but we're talking about this inner sense of the spirituality of the goodness and the power of the universe that can be there as a resource for you can you share a little bit about how that manifested in your journey
1: yeah you know this one here this this is one that uh i i still have um i, I am still finding my way through this one right because because it, it it's not just church it's not just it it, it is the the everything behind everything mm. and yes i believe in god uh, so 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 it, it factors in here but you know, when you start thinking about spirituality, it's more than I'm following the script. It right. is this is the thing that gives to me. This is the thing that I'm giving to. Right. Right. Those two things. Th- that, that That's what it is for me. Well, it's the essence
0: of life itself, really, I think is what you're saying. Right. And, you know, behind every effect is a cause. And so when we think about ourselves as an effect, our existence, we are we manifest through our the way we think and the actions we take there's some cause some additive or aid aiding force that's behind us that gives us the ability to power through and accomplish the things that we accomplish and it's so important to know that we are plugged into that yes and we can't unplug from that yes we can ignore it yes but we can't unplug from it yes right and so most people just go through life 99.9 percent of the people choose to go through life ignoring it yep They don't understand the power that is there for, like you were saying about your friend, to deal with X, Y, and Z in any scenario that she can feel the fear and do it anyway and start herself in a journey. That's right. See, because what you need will appear when you need it you don't have to try to put it all up and store it up for when you're going to get out there because you're never going to figure out everything you need anyway that's right you just need to get busy on the journey then when you hit the detour sign look for the resource that's going to move you around the obstacle that's right if that makes sense. that's
1: a great way to put it mark Uh, honestly that's that's a great way to put it Right. (laughs) Because because it's you know, they're going you said it best. They're
0: going to problems are going to come up. Yep. Problems, problems, problems is what the author says in the book. We you can if you think you can. Yeah. He said there's no place where there's not problems. Problems exist everywhere. So this is a great um, a great insight. Thanks for sharing. And so those eight areas frame the concurrency of our life experience. We live in all eight of them every moment of every day. There's a little bit of each going on. And so um, optimizing that journey is going to be really important. So the name of the podcast is Snap Yourself into a New Reality. And I I suspect, and we've talked about this, that my listeners might be wondering a little bit about why I chose that name. So let's take a a little bit of time, Herb, and, and tell them about that. Let me just share my perspective and have you comment on it. You know, we all live in a world of socialized mind programs that run on our mental computer non-stop, 24-7, 365, just like the iOS on the MacBook Pro. From the moment we take our first breath, beginning with our parents... Mental programs start being installed by those around us and launched automatically. We have had nothing to do with it. They put them in, they turn them on, we start walking and using those mental programs. Before we know it, we arrive at adulthood, 18 short years in the future, having been programmed by our environment through socialization, um, our family, our friends, our teachers, etc., to create more of exactly, and get this, what they have. See, it's impossible for them to program us to create anything that they haven't done, been experienced themselves. They don't believe in that stuff that they they can't see and touch and feel for themselves. So they're teaching us what they know. And that's because these programs reflect what those around us want us to be, not what we ourselves want to be for ourselves. And we're just kind of like asleep at the wheel when we get to adulthood, marching through these um, steps. So as I began learning about goal achievement at a very early age, and believe me, when I say early, it was the age of five when it dawned on me that I I could set a goal and look into the future and believe that I could achieve it. I realized that breaking my sort of social habits or creating really powerful habits that had nothing to do with what my mother or my brother or my sister or my friends or teachers could tell me. And creating some new patterns that would help me materialize the life that I dreamed of living would be easier if it were more painful to keep on running bad mental programs than to stop and install some better ones. Mental programs in alignment with my vision for my life, not the vision of my mom for my life. And now I'll tell a quick story about that. Uh, um, I I started a company and the company became wildly successful really quickly. In fact, the year that I started the business, the year before, my my salary was $70,000 for the entire year. The year that I started the company, at the end of that second year, I started the company in March of um, of, uh, 1994, Um, by the end of 1994, I had earned $242,000 in one year. Now, the company went on to be very successful, and as a result of the success, I was able to build a custom home. I will call it Dream Home and move my family into that dream home. It was 6,700 square feet on the side of a mountain in Golden, Colorado. So after the home was built and we closed and moved in, my mom came to visit for the first time. And she walked into the lobby and she looked into the uh, foyer of the of the house and she looked around and she looked at the spiral staircase and she looked at all the marble and granite around and she looked up at the chandelier hanging two stories above her head and then she looked at me and she said to her, this is what she said, who do you think you are? <laughs> And, and I was shocked, actually. I was kind of stunned when she said that to me. I, that's not what I was expecting her to say. Mm-hmm. I was expecting her to be excited and happy mm-hmm. because, you know, she was a single parent of three kids. And we grew up in an, uh, an 1,100 square foot, two bedroom house that was built in 1874 that she struggled as a single mom to keep that roof over our heads. And she was very proud of that accomplishment, mm-hmm. right? But she couldn't relate to the mental programs and the destination that those programs created for her youngest son. Mm-hmm. She couldn't relate to it. Mm-hmm. The, the house was just a reflection of new mental programs that went uh, went on in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I wanted that vision to manifest for me. And so I changed my programs to be in alignment and move myself out of the, you know, a very poor neighborhood. and a a circumstance, an environmental circumstance that most people would say would be indicative of low achievement, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To create the life I dreamed of living by creating the programs that would propel me to that. So that's why it's important. So when I began this process of catching myself, I thought, I'm gonna use a rubber band. So I I put a rubber band on my wrist and more like a bracelet to remind me to inflict a little pain with a swift snap the moment I caught myself on autopilot reinforcing a bad mental program that would keep me stuck wherever I was and getting more of exactly what I already had and no longer wanted instead of materializing what I really wanted and what I dreamed and visualized that I could have, do, be. And you know what happened, Herb? It worked. Mm -hmm. Not only Mm -hmm. for me, but for you too Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. the other clients that I've coached (laughs) life transformation with um, since I began this work in 1997. So Herb, Fast forward, tell us about this technique of the rubber band on wrist and snapping yourself after I trained you how to snap. Because in the beginning, I was the one doing the snapping for you on your wrist, if you recall. But tell us, how did that help you begin to make these changes that were pivots in your life? Yeah, so...
1: You guys can't see, obviously, but I'm rolling my eyes at this because <laughs> <laughs> because I remember when we first started the program, and um, at that time you were in this office over here in the Galleria, and uh, right, right, right. I would come over for 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 first our session. sessions, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, we would get to talking about things and goal achievement, and uh, I would I would say something. I won't go into detail but I would <laughs> say something and um, I would be going on talking and talking. And next thing I know, Mark reaches over. yeah that's about
0: exactly what happened (laughs) listeners I just grabbed that rubber band and give it the hardest snap that I could muster on it before he pulled his arm away and and he would look at me like what the the first time I remember the reaction like I just said would you put this on and he put it on and it says snap yourself into a new reality so he just thought it was a bracelet he didn't know (laughs) that it was going to be a training tool (laughs) so so I snapped it you looked at me I looked at you and I said, now what were you saying?
1: And, and you couldn't remember.
0: <laughs> yep. You remember? Yep. You I couldn't remember, remember what remember. we were talking about. I, he goes, I don't remember and I'm like, good. So let's now talk about something else because what you were talking about was not going to take you where you wanted to go. Yep. Let's yep. come up with something that can replace that and never go there again.
1: Yep. And, and it's interesting that you put it that way, right? L- let's replace that, right? And And now I've been able to replace those thoughts and now I don't need the rubber band. Right. I, I know mm. when I start to think, oh, no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> right. right. It, 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 so
0: you're saying now you give yourself a mental snap.
1: Yeah, of course. Interesting. Of course. Interesting.
0: Of course. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what does happen. The more you train yourself, then you get to that uh, conscious competence and you go to the level beyond that to in unconscious competence. And now you have the competency to catch yourself. But you were telling me a little while ago, not just to catch yourself, but to listening to others to catch them. Tell us about that. That's
1: right. It's because it's really something, the the program, I'm going to say the program, really, it's something that really starts to train your brain in in the way you should be thinking. Right. So when I see myself going into, uh, let's say a downward spiral into some things that probably aren't real Mm -hmm. i'm just making them up i can snap myself when i'm talking to other people you know i i have to snap them as well right i'm i'm a new manager in in my career right and because i am I, i i talk to a lot of people right and i i constantly have to say hey no don't say that you can't do that don't say that it can't be done you're just believing that in your head truly like it can be done. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact it can Mm -hmm. be done. Right. And so those are the things that that it's been programmed in my mind. I I see it all the time.
0: So in that in that and that's a very interesting point that you just made, because in what you said you inserted in the course correction with like an employee is belief Mm -hmm. and 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 a confident assurance that the thing that it might have been outside of the box of traditional norms within the organization and therefore that the employee would believe wasn't something that could be accomplished. You're inserting a new thought frame about that and saying, no, 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 no. Yep. We can do whatever we say we can do. That's right. And if we believe and are committed to it, then we'll make it happen. None, Let's
1: start talking about the ways that we can manifest that. That's right. That's right that's right and and when when you get that right whether it's me or whether it's somebody else then you start to think oh well if someone else thinks that this can happen this can really happen again that's what the program did for me right and so that's you know kind of how i see it on other people and i imagine that it'll help them do the same right even if they haven't gone through the program no
0: that's really true and i you know another a great that reminds me of a number a number of great examples that i can use here but one is I work. I'm a high tech executive in the consulting industry of IT, as you know. Mm -hmm. Herb, our listeners might not know that, but um, but I run a market of a consulting company, a part a region of the country, and it was a group that was um, had was in revenue free fall. So revenue was declining year Mm -hmm. over year, but but the market, the market, the climate of the market, and where the economy was. Was There was so much opportunity and the economy was growing. There was no reason for the free fall. Mm-hmm. And so um, when the CEO asked me to take over the market and and uh, I said, yes, I, I took that responsibility on October 1st of 2018 uh, and at the fourth quarter. So by December, with the same staff that we had always had in that market, um, we set the all-time highest record for revenue in that market that had ever been achieved in 15 years that that market had existed with the same people. And and so it, it blew the company away. Like literally the rest of the executive team was in, in just shock and awe. Nobody believed that this team and that market could produce what we produce. Yep. We went on in 2019 to, to, to almost, uh, uh, we, we increased sales by over, by, by 60%. From 2018 to 2019, sales went up by 60%. And again, everybody was shocked. And, and they're like, what, what is Mark doing in this market? What's going on down there? And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and really what it all came down to was reprogramming the way my sales team thought about A, what they could accomplish in spite of what they thought they were enabled with internally to accomplish it. Correct, and B, right? yes, and B, what was available to them in the market. Yep. And so I just said one day, I remember this in a staff meeting with the sales team. We're sitting in the conference room looking out the window at all these corporate offices around us in the community. And I said, Are we doing Business with that company, and or that company over there, or that other company over there, and they said, "Well, no, we're not doing business with those companies." And so I said, "Why? We we can see them. We we
1: could walk to them." Hold on, hold on. I think that's a very important question. One word. Why? Why? Why are we not? Why? And so (laughs) let's set a goal
0: to go knock on those doors and pick up some business that's right in front of our faces. See those companies are going to buy the services we sell from somebody yep it is not going to be us unless we go to them and present our capabilities yep so let's change our behaviors let's change our thought patterns first behind our behaviors and then let's go act differently in the market and see what happens Yep. yep. and that is the secret to the successful pivot and inflectional turn that every individual can make in their lives yep. by stopping interrupting their old destructive patterns of thought yep. and habits that emanate therefrom and Replacing those self-conversations, those patterns of thought, with new empowering, can do, will accomplish, can find the answer. Shall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, we shall overcome. <laughs> That's exactly the case. Shall. That is so powerful, Herb. You're you're just like. So um, we gotta we're gonna have to bring this to a close here shortly. But before we do, in the first installment of this interview you had shared with our listeners, uh, you were gonna give a couple of examples about how the program and this reprogramming had impacted your life. And the first one that you shared about was your real estate investment program. Mm -hmm. In Mm -hmm. fact, Mm -hmm. as I Mm -hmm. recall, you shared this in episode one, so listeners go back and listen to part one of this uh, Herb interview uh, to get the details, but I remember that you went from buying zero pieces of real estate to buying two uh, 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 investment properties in one year, and it Mm -hmm. shocked you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not just one, but you bought two. And so there's more to it. So listen to that. But what was the other thing that you were going to share? We ran out of time and I promised a part two. So here we are. Yes. What was the other example? What other area of life were you going to share an example from?
1: So so as I said earlier, the the other part is relationships. And this one, at least for me, okay, I'm not, I'm not uh, super sensitive or anything so you all know (laughs) right but but this was something that was dear to me right in relationships one of the one of the areas that i wanted to improve on was the relationship with my father and a part of this um i'll i'll be transparent with you all and say a part of it is because i'm lgbt and that was something that was not um okay with my dad when he found out um To my knowledge i i didn't think it was going to be an issue but it was an issue for him okay so so in the in the uh, in the program i had a goal of you know really being um connected with my father and um so what that ended up being was me buying a plane ticket on a wednesday going home on a friday and having this beautiful lunch with my dad on a saturday wow and and really i mean the conversation that we had i mean obviously i'm gonna keep that private right but but the conversation that we had was it was beautiful you know my dad he stepped up to the plate as a dad in that moment and and he was my dad and from that moment forward you know we have the greatest relationship. I call him, I ask him for advice. He calls me and asks me for advice like this. We just have the greatest relationship now. Mm. And and that I would have never expected to happen in that way. Right. 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 Um, and, And I bring up that story because, yeah, I'm LGBT. But everybody, not everybody, but so many people have these problems with with family members right? right whether it be your right, mom right, your dad right. your sister your brother you you know we have these rifts between us and and you know i made that a goal to remove the rift and now it's, it's beautiful you know that it's, is it's so beautiful. that is really
0: so powerful and every one of my clients herb you're not you're not in a minority here every one of my clients has a broken relationship that is an important relationship Uh, Someplace in those important relationships. It could be a friend or with a sibling or with a child or with a parent, you know Or with an um, Mm ex-spouse You know or partner or an ex-girlfriend a boyfriend Mm -hmm. and they it's a stumbling block because the pain and the agony that we create in these broken relationships is not um, going to be consequential to the other person it's right. consequential to us, right? Right, And so it's a part of that um, self-conversation that is sub-optimized. And so what you did was you made a decision to feel the fear <laughs> and do it anyway. Now, Now, listeners, I have to confess that I have a technique in the coaching approach that I use that kind of tricks my coaching clients into the moment where they have this epiphanal understanding that they need to take action in a particular relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share a little (laughs) bit with you about it. So what we do is we have this discussion about, forget about whether or not this is possible at all. And I will encourage you listeners to try this for yourselves. Forget about whether you could, the, the two people in this relationship, you and the other person could ever get to this point set that aside. What is the desire of your heart for that relationship? Forget about whether or not it's possible or the other person could ever, you know, participate in it or that you could ever do anything about it yourself. But just write on a three by five index card, a word picture of the ideal relationship. If you, if it could just pop into existence With that person, what would that look like? And I remember you diligently did the exercise, and that wasn't, and we did it for more people than just your dad. That was just one, right? That's right. Just because every relationship can be better, you know, if you get to the ideal of it, what we call the nirvana state of that relationship. So, this is the tricky little part about it. And Herb followed through so flawlessly is later in the coaching program, I have my clients take that three by five index card, buy a greeting card that is (laughs) dripping with love emotion, (laughs) stick that three by five index card inside that greeting card with their signature and the date on it, and set up the scenario, lunch, dinner, breakfast that you set up with your father, and take that person, go to them, sit down, with food Mm -hmm. and give them that card Mm -hmm. addressed to them Mm -hmm. allow them to open the card and to read the unadulterated desire of the other person sitting across from them the desire of their heart now let me just add um to not taking away from your thunder because you did that, mm-hmm. and when your father read what you really wanted, mm-hmm. then it opened a dialogue for the two of you to build a bridge mm-hmm. to each other. Yep. Because in his heart was, I'm sure, without getting into the details, yep. a similar desire yep. of the relationship that a father wants with his son. Yep. And how do I know? I've got three, and one of my children, my oldest son, as you know, that it took us some time to work through to get to that relationship and it's so beautiful now, Mm -hmm. the desire of my heart and the desire of his heart is powerful. He drove me to the airport for my flight back to Houston this morning, came over at 4 a.m. in the morning and just was happy and beaming and we had a great time in the car, you know, so this, this this ability to heal yeah. and optimize yeah. is there. So I had the same situation with my father. Yeah. My father, you know, was an absent father. He and my mom uh, separated when my mom was six months pregnant with me, and their divorce they divorced, and the divorce was final when I was two months old. And my dad never looked back. My mom raised three kids all by herself. My father never came to visit or anything like that. So over the years. I grew to really have a bitter root toward him. Mm-hmm. Not for what he did, but for the absence that he had created in my life. Mm-hmm. Until one day, I was about 13 years old, he moved back into my neighborhood, onto the newspaper route that I was the newspaper carrier for, in a vacant house on my lot. Mm-hmm. And so, like any good businessman, I knocked on the door when I saw that people were living in this house. And um, and my dad came to the door and and, He looked familiar, but I didn't really know that was my dad, right? But I, but I, and he didn't really disclose that I was his son Mm -hmm. because he really didn't know. Maybe I looked familiar to him, but I remember going home and taking my mom by that house. And I said, mom, this is that house that there's a new man that lives there. And he, is that my dad? And like my mom Got out of the car with me. We went to the porch on the porch and knocked on the door and it was him. Wow. Okay. So I was 13 then, but he, he didn't really invest himself in my life. He just became a paying customer on my newspaper route. Uh uh Okay. So now fast forward, I, I work hard and put myself through college and I become a successful software engineer, but, uh, at the college graduation, my dad decides to come to my graduation. And to reinvest himself in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that was very difficult. My mom was like, yes, you should have let him come. But it was really a challenge for me because by that time, he hadn't written one check. He hadn't answered one question. He hadn't encouraged me in one way to accomplish what I accomplished in my college degree pursuit. Uh, And so I felt like he didn't deserve to be there. How dare you come and puff your chest out and take credit for something that you've made no contribution to. You didn't even call to see if i had enough money to pay for food you know you had nothing to do with this and i and i i know listeners you can hear my emotion um in this (laughs) but so i i vowed and literally i made a vow that i would not even go to his funeral i made that vow in my early 20s after that Mm -hmm. um and after that event and i carried that with me all the way until i was 33 and when i was 33 and really had formalized this coaching program and built the framework around relationship optimization mm-hmm. i convicted myself and i said you know what my rejection and hatred of my father is not hurting him Mm-mm. It's hurting me. Mm -hmm. There's some things I want to accomplish in my marriage, Mm -hmm. as a father when I have children, Mm -hmm. as a businessman in my career. Mm -hmm. I want to go unencumbered into the future. Mm -hmm. And so I need to restore this relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a three by five index card with a picture of the nirvana state of the relationship Mm -hmm. that I'd always in my heart, deeply desired to have with my dad. Mm -hmm. And I put it in an index card. I put the index card in an envelope and I went home. I wasn't living. I was living in Denver at the time. And this was in Toledo, Ohio. I went home for the very first time in my life, Herb, with the express purpose of finding my father and taking him to the best dinner money could buy Mm -hmm. and sitting across the table with him until we both decided that we were ready to part from that from that, uh, from that venue. I did that. I gave him the card. Mm-hmm. He opened it. He read it. And his eyes got watery. Mm-hmm. And my eyes got watery. And mm-hmm. while he was reading the card. Here's what I noticed. I saw his hands. Up close for the first time. And I realized. That when I looked at the end of my wrists. I had his hand. Mm-hmm. And that just. Being able to sit in that close proximity with him and observe him and then to talk to him heart to heart it and and as your story ended or began with your restoration uh, of your relationship with your dad my dad and I walked away from that from that dinner and that is where I began to call him dad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he didn't live much longer after that. He lived about three years Absolutely. and he passed away. But we had three years yeah. of, of care and concern for each other, yeah. of phone conversations, of visits. And when he did take a turn for the worse, he had congestive heart failure. I was able to get back home and to be at his bedside and to be a part of his life at the end of his life. And I was at his memorial service. And so, and it, but it, but it was so much... Um, restoration for me an acceleration for me in life, for me to really go about living and experiencing. And here's one of the things I learned about my dad at that conversation, and I'm going to give the mic back to you. Mm-hmm. My dad always had great ideas and aspirations for his life, mm-hmm. much greater than the reality of an African-American man's ability Mm -hmm. To accomplish in his mind, Mm -hmm. not in reality, Mm -hmm. to accomplish the things that he saw for himself because he was born in 1917. And this was before civil rights and, you know, affirmative action and opportunity. But that didn't stop John H. Johnson. In the in the in the 50s, in the mid 50s, from starting Ebony magazine and Jet publications and becoming one of the wealthiest African American men in this country, mm-hmm. but my dad was never able to figure out how to materialize the vision that he had in his life for a much richer life for himself and his family. Right. And I realized that that baton passed to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: in my DNA mm-hmm. and that spiritual connection. Gave me all the tools that I needed to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish mm-hmm. as a three-time CEO, mm-hmm. a entrepreneur, as you know, mm-hmm. a, a tech industry executive, a magazine publisher, a life transformation through goal achievement coach.
1: Yep. Yeah. You know. You know. I, I I hear this story, and and I I know that we're on this podcast, and I think it's important to point out this point for fifteen years. You said you were not going to go to your father's memorial. It took one dinner. One. It took one dinner for a belief that you held for 15 years. To go away. Yeah.
0: It crumbled. It yeah. crumbled in a matter of minutes. Yeah. One index card and yeah. a greeting card that said, I love you, dad. Yeah. It it, it stepped over all of those mountains. Yeah of opposition, and pain, yep. and hate, and it, it it's, it's, I don't even know how to say, I mean, I'm doing my best, and I know this is a
1: podcast, but how much it set me free, yeah, and, and, and that's the important part that I hope people hear, I mean, again, this is like, big, right, 15 years of holding a belief, you go to dinner with your dad once, all goes away, all goes away, and who does that help, helps me,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listeners, it's, you know, we're out of time. We're over time. Thank you for (laughs) listening. If you've listened this long to the conversation between Herb and I, uh, about life transformation through goal achievement, about snapping yourself into a new reality. Uh, Herb, take us home. What would you, what last word would you like to give the listeners? And hopefully in the future, you'll come back for another conversation on the podcast. I'd love to have you in the future. You
1: know, we should do one of these live things. That would be nice. We could talk to the people. Live. That would be nice. We should do it. We could do something in Houston, Texas. We're going to get it on the calendar. If you're in Houston or
0: near Houston, why, go to my website, check out the events page, and uh, you know here going into the new year, there will be a live Breaking Out of Your Box seminar 2023. in 2023. Let's do yes. it in Q1 in Houston. We'll find a great restaurant where we yep. can do a dinner, and then after dinner, we're going to share with everybody that life transformer forming uh, webinar which will be live seminar breaking out of your box
1: that's the thing I'm is that what make, you want that's what i wanted to end with <laughs> all right well,
0: <laughs> well listeners you there you have it from Herb grant he's been an amazing uh client and life transformer himself this is mark johnson life transformation through goal achievement coach um and we're approaching the holiday season here it's almost christmas and new year's will be right around the corner so, I want to encourage everybody who's listened to this podcast, this interview, really take this seriously. Make a commitment to yourself to change your life by starting uh, with changing the way that you think. Uh, uh, what You Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Hemstetter, PhD. Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. And Jonathan Livingston Seagull by uh, Richard Bach. Those three books. Would cost you probably in the aggregate thirty dollars. Yep. If you have an Audible subscription, they're available to listen to on Audible. Yep. You could sign up for sixteen dollars a month yep. and stream those books into your into your hearing to begin your life transformation journey. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Check us out on the website, SnapYourselfIntoANewReality.com, and thank you for listening today.
1: All right, see you, listeners. So goodbye. 2023. Here we come. <laughs>